How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Shared Stadium Podcast. I am Joseph Bright, uh, here once again with Brock Elder, and this is episode number eight. Uh, today we're going to run down the Greenville Triumph's most recent game, uh, a another heartbreaking loss against Fort Lauderdale, and look forward to uh, Sunday's big home game against the Richmond Kickers. Uh, I think we're going to talk a little bit of Premier League after that, uh, with the season starting up uh, and hope springing eternal for Brock uh, and his Everton team and uh, my Chelsea looking to uh, to expand upon winning the Champions League last year. Um, so with that being said, I guess we will get started with the Fort Lauderdale game. Uh, heartbreaking 2-0 loss. Brock, what were your thoughts? Well, for me, it was... Uh... Gosh, I mean, I hate to say tough to watch, but just just the recent form, and it's always difficult to watch a team struggle, especially when it's your team, and, and you've invested a lot of yourself into that. Um, there's definitely some positives to take away. You know, even though there was a 2-0 two, two defeat, I, I still think there were some good moments from our defense, uh, from Dallas J. There was a few sparks up front, but... Just not that consistency throughout the midfield. I mean, I've seen a lot of people speak on that. It's not like I'm the only person that notices that, but there is some problems there. And um, you know, I don't, I don't care who you have up top when you're constantly just lofting balls out of the back for the most part. There's not too many people in the world that are going to be able to just continuously take those balls down and make something happen. So there, there needs to be some, some more consistency there and creativity within the midfield. Otherwise, it's just going to keep being that we're absorbing pressure and just pop popping those balls up front. I mean, it really did. Uh, after the Tormenta game, um, I guess you weren't there, but after the match, Harks got the entire team together after the loss, and it looked like they were having uh, – you know, a, a real heart-to-heart, you know, because, I mean, we're at the point now where we have won one game in the last two calendar months. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a frightening prospect for any team. Uh, so it looked like the whole team huddled together. Harks was really talking to him. You could see the passion, you know, in his eyes, even if, you know, we couldn't hear what he was saying. Uh, and it really felt like, okay, you know, the team has to dig deep. Watching this game, it looks like they tried to dig deep. And, like, the well was just tapped. Like, I don't know if it's tired legs. I don't know if it's injuries, uh, which is becoming really, really... uh, They're occurring at a frightening rate. I mean, to the point where, like, it's almost too frequent with the frequency of our guys getting hurt. Um, You know, because it looks like we've had two, three, four guys injured for every single game this season, and it's not always the same guys. Uh, but this game, it, it you know, it just looked like you know they really were trying, and they just it, they just couldn't muster it up. Um, and you're right, there was not a lot of ideas in the midfield. Uh, it was a lot of hit and pray. You know, the way we always used to kind of make fun of teams for playing, you know, when we were playing in high school or whatever, it's like, oh, you're just going to kick the ball as far as you can down the field, hope the fast guy gets it and can score. Um, and you just can't do that at a professional level and have any kind of success. Um, you know, I, I thought Dallas played a good game. I mean, I can criticize the first goal a little bit. I mean, that ball's rolling along the ground from 20-something yards out. Like, that probably should get a hand on it. 
Um, but made some great saves otherwise. Uh, it just... Once the first goal went in, you could just see the air go completely out. Yeah. You know, it it, it kind of started leaking after halftime. Um, I don't know if I texted you or uh, somebody else in the group chat, you know, about 10 minutes before they scored. I'm like, no, that goal's coming. Like, they were just piling pressure and piling pressure and piling pressure. And we had no way to release it. You know, we just didn't have – we couldn't break on a counter – you know, we, we couldn't maintain possession enough to break the press, you know, for any extended period of time. And so we were just getting hit, 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 hit. And eventually one got through. Yeah, I think I said it to you that, um, you know, Dallas kind of is somewhat of uh, like like Pickford in a sense where he'll make amazing saves. And then it's just like that one, uh, you know, that it's like, wow, he should have got that one kind of sneaks in. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, because he had a couple of double saves, one that that counted and one that didn't count. Um, yeah, it was Brad Guzan esque. I think is what I uh, yeah. what I settled on uh, because Guzan's the same way. You know, uh, in this game, made a couple phenomenal saves. He will give up an absolute howler at some point that just like a junior high kid could stop. And, and yeah, and that's uh, you know, as a goalkeeper, the game is so mental. You know, because there's only so, so much you can train. Uh, a lot of it has to be mentality, and mm-hmm. when things just aren't bouncing your way, you know that's just one of those goals that just brings you down further. And I feel bad for him, and I feel bad for the team too, because you know they they really were giving it their all. Uh, and hopefully, I mean, this turns Richmond on Sunday into a must-win, right? Yeah, and you make a good point. So I was there for the the tormenta. I just didn't make it over to to Growler afterwards because we had to relieve a babysitter. But um, when they when they all went out there on on the field after the game, you know, just looking at their faces and watching them speak to each other, it seemed like that was going to be one of those come to Jesus moments, and things were going to get better after that. Um, the game I went to in Chattanooga, you know, after they lost uh, to Tor- Tor- Tormenta again at home um, when they were up 2-0 and lost 3-2. They showed a lot of character and grit to pull out that win, which it kind of seems like that always happens when they go to Chattanooga. So it felt like you know things were picking up and we were to come back home, we were to get that victory, and, and things were to get back to the way that we're used to them being. Um, and then when they didn't, they had the powwow, and then we saw what happened in Fort Lauderdale. It was just... Uh, it's just tough. It's uh, it's upsetting, and I I know I've asked like Rick these questions, Coach Wright and uh, and John Harks at certain times where it's like, all right, so this is where the bar has been set with this club, um, and I know it. You know, Rick kind of makes fun at this question because he says, of course, you know, nobody goes in and says, you know, hey, let's not have the expectation to win the title, but let's just be realistic when when that is the the bar for the club. And you see it at places like, let, let's just use Celtic for an example, right? So they're not the best club in Europe, but their fans expect them to win the Scottish League every single year. And if they don't, that's a disappointment. That's something for Correct. those fans to get pissed off about and throw fits about. And I think that's okay as a fan to have high expectations and when things aren't going your way to, to get upset. I'm not saying that we should all just be bashing the club and bashing the players and and saying that they're not trying, but I think for 
having pretty solid two years last year running the table from start to finish. Maybe there is a little chip on the shoulder where they kind of feel like they can go into these places and pick up the wind. And now, you know, they're getting, they're getting punched back and, and things just aren't going their way. Yeah. I mean, and that, that is, you know, that that's a legitimate thought. And, you know, I think you see it a lot with Atlanta United as well. They had so much success those first, you know, three years, really. You know, you're talking playoffs, championship, Eastern Conference Finals. And then they come out in 2020 and they just, they sucked. Like, they, I mean, now you can blame some of that on Joseph getting hurt. You know, like, what, first game of the year? But, you know, so you can, okay, 2020 was weird, doesn't count. They come out in 2021 and they suck again. Mm-hmm. You know, and that is, uh, but it's a fan base that expects a club to perform at a certain level. Um, and I think Atlanta's done well with, you know, getting out a problematic manager and going outside of their normal MO, you know, which if you look at Atlanta has always been to hire a, a good, like a bigger named coach. You know, you bring in a Tato Martino, who's, you know, former coach of Barcelona. You bring in a Frank DeBoer. You know, he's won multiple Eredivisies at Ajax, legendary player himself. You know, and then you go in and you bring in um, Heinze, who was considering, you know, he was considered one of the bright young coaches in in South America. A- and so you've had this MO, and the last, you know, manager and a half, it hasn't really worked out. And so I'll give them a lot of credit for going outside the box. Now, from Greenville's perspective, I don't think it's a coaching problem. You know, but it's just, uh, I don't know if it's, you, you don't want to speculate, you know, whether it's motivation or it's injuries or if it's, you know, uh, I don't know. But, you know, something has to click. And I, you know, I was saying they need to go out and just beat the crap out of somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, they go out against Richmond and they boat race them for nothing. That could change the whole season around, you know. But when you're when you're getting beaten kind of the way they're getting beaten, they're giving up, you know, I think it was three straight games where they've given up two goals in like a five or six minute period. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're taking punches like that, you start to get shy. You know, you start flinching. And, and if you get hit or if you, you know, if let's say it's a close call or they hit the post or whatever, you go, oh, crap, here we go again. You know, ah, it's, you know. So I just, you know, as fans, we have to double down, I think, and really support the team now. Like, this is, okay, the results aren't matching the expectations, but we don't turn on them. We double down because that's what we believe in. You know, these are our guys. We're going to support them through the rough patch because we know it gets better on the other side. Um. So I think that's what's really, uh, I think the team's done a good job of trying to get more people in the stands for Sunday. Um, I think they really want to pack the place out. I know we in the riot are going to be overly loud, probably louder than normal. Um, I think we're planning something a little bit pregame to, uh, that's coming down the pipe maybe, a little uh, special thing pregame to to let the boys know we support them. Um, So I think this is when the team is feeling down. I think this is when the crowd can really be that 12th man and try to raise them up uh, and try to get everything back on track. Yeah, I agree with you there. I feel like the support's been really well, though, um, overall. And 
the uh, I mean it's hard to can't compare to last year because of uh, everything with COVID and just uh, the, the way capacity was limited. And again, I, I don't know if I've said this, but I'll I'll say it again or say it for the first time if I didn't. Um, for me, I'll never fault anybody for not coming to a game for whatever their no. reasons may be. So, no. um, I mean, you, I didn't. I, I'll tell you, if I didn't come to a single game past the I think preseason friendly was the only one that I went to last year because. I mean, with my work, I couldn't risk exposure because, you know, I could be out for weeks and I can't take that hit because I was still going into the office every day. Exactly. So, there, you know, again, I have I have no issues for what people make their reasons for. I'm not asking for them to explain to me. I'm, I'm just another fan, and if I can be there, I'm fortunate enough to be there, I'll be there. Uh, but if not, it is what it is. Um, but, yeah, so, that you know, I feel like the supporter section has been – jam-packed like every game and uh, i've been pleased with the attendance so as long as everybody's yeah down to make some noise and keep it going uh, i see good things happening on sunday but one thing before we move forward i did want to just kind of mention some comments that some folks made um on our twitter page so one thing ross devonport said uh in regards to the current state of the club and just performances in general uh, i've got about three comments to read so first i'll start with his it's a bit of a mess. Quicker, more athletic teams like Fort Lauderdale are always going to give us trouble, especially on a big pitch. I actually thought Morrell was a bright point. We just didn't create any threat through the middle. I certainly think we can still make the playoffs, but we could find ourselves in 10th very quickly as well. Going to be a fight. Omaha and Chattanooga will run away with one and two. Um, yeah, uh, and yeah. I think Ross is dead right there. I think we're playing for a playoff spot. Um, we're you know, I think our best bet is to try to get third. You know, we'll play for third. We'll take at least one home playoff game, maybe, you know, and then hope that the team on the other side of the bracket drops out in the finals, you know. Mm. So, and we're going to make it, you know, if at that point you're, you're making it hard on yourself, but, you know, it's what you've got to do. Uh, third or fourth, get a home playoff game, win one on the road, and hope that you're the higher seed on the backside, you know, is really all we can do. Certainly, and then I don't. Do you know Eric? Is this? I might butcher this last name. Engelbart, Bart, Bart. Um, I don't know him by name. Okay, sorry, Eric. It's uh, his, his handle is UNC eight six eight nine. But one, we miss Lachlan. Two, Pollock and Lomas seem to have heavy legs. Uh, Marios isn't beating defenders to the ball like he was early. And three, Dallas can't do it all himself. The back line has given up way too many easy goals of late. I mean, I think that's the the consensus from most of the fans, right? I mm-hmm. mean, that it's just, you know, the back line has just not been – they haven't shown the kind of discipline and the ability to close down on defenders that they've that they've done in the past. You know, that's what led to the first goal. You know, yeah, it was a, a a ground shot from a tight angle, but we gave him the space to to get the shot off. You know, whereas I think in past years we would have been one step closer, we'd have gotten the foot out. You know, we'd have made the block, or we would have at least pressured him into a a worse position to take that shot. Yeah, and then the last one, I think this kind of sums up a lot of people's thoughts and uh, in, tw- in tweets right after that game, but um. Robert Henderson Jr., we have had a lot of firsts this year, but I have not been too worried thinking Harks and the boys will turn it on for a late run. 
Unfortunately, add me to the list who thinks we're in trouble after tonight as we look slow and seemingly out of it here lately. Yeah, I mean, I'm not ringing the, the alarm bells yet. I mean, they're... I mean, I'll give, I think it was, uh, I think it was Chris who said, you know, we still have, what, like 33 points to play for. Mm-hmm. We could very easily finish third. We might be able to sneak second if somebody hits a rough patch. You know, there's still a lot of points to play for. We have a very backloaded home schedule, which I think is, is huge. You know, we only, I don't know if you realize it or not, we play four road games the rest of the year. Damn. Four of our last 11 are on the road. We got the big trip to Tucson. You know, we've got three of our we've got our three longest trips. We've got Tucson, we've got Madison, we've got Omaha, and we've got Raleigh. Every other game is at home, so there is a lot of chances if we hold serve and we win. You know, let's just say we win all of our home matches. I mean, that's another what three? I mean, that's twenty one points right there. I mean, that gets you in the playoffs. Yep. I, I think guaranteed. So, I mean, I think we're still in a fortunate position from our results earlier in the season to just defend legacy, you know, and try to scrape points on the road. Other than Omaha, we have to beat Omaha. Um, Because I'm going to Omaha, and I want to bring that belt back with me on the flight. It's going to be great. Nice. Uh, So, so yeah, you know, we defend serve. we, We hold legacy. We get those 21 points, and I think we sail into the playoffs with a home game. At least one. Um, so I, there is definitely cause for concern, but it's not panic time yet. Yeah, I'm with you on that. So, and you're right, I was just looking at it. Chris's tweet was uh, 33 points up for grabs. 21 of those can be earned at home. You can help on the journey. We need you, your passion, and your energy. See you. Uh, the match yeah, starts Sunday night. See you there. So, man, yeah, I hope everybody comes out and, and, and does it big. Uh, unfortunately, I have a, a, a family thing and a wedding out of town, so I will miss uh, Sunday, which seems like a pivotal moment to be missing in the season. But I know there's going to be tons of people there filling in and, and doing their part. So I look forward to uh, I'll probably be listening on the radio at that point, coming back, streaming through my phone in the car. But excited to see what you guys are going to pull out, man. Yeah, and I think and I think we can do it. Like I said, I think I've, this feels like a must-win for me, only because we've got Tucson the week after, and I mean our next two home games after that are Toronto, who's been flying, and Chattanooga, you know, which is a big one. So, you know, I think we get momentum against Richmond, we carry it through against Tucson, and we're in a good spot to to go on a tear. I like it, man. So, eternally optimistic. And speaking of eternal optimism, week one of the Premier League. Um, everybody's in first place, at least for uh, a few minutes. Um, <laughs> so uh, unless you're Arsenal and you lose the first game of the season, in which case you're in last for a while and nobody's sad about it. Um, so for Brock, you're the, the Everton supporter. What are your thoughts? Well, let's be honest. There isn't a whole lot of, uh, there wasn't a whole lot of hope, and I don't know if there's still tons going into the Everton camp for this season. Uh, there's a lot of of Everton faithful um, who weren't happy with the hire. Uh, I mean, I can't say I was like thrilled when they when they hired Benitez, but at the same time, you know, I don't think the club's in a situation where they're trying to spend a bunch of money before the uh, 
the Christmas break and then you bring in somebody like him and if he completely fails, then he's kind of a scapegoat and it's easy to be hard on him. If he does really well, then it's like, okay, well, we can get behind this guy and we can spend some money going into the back half of the season, depending on where we are at the table. So um, I actually drove up to or drove over to Charlotte for the home or yeah, the home opener. And um, what one thing we like to do with the Carolina Toffees is we all have our little regional chapters and we meet at certain places, but I'd say about quarterly or for big matches, we try to meet in different cities and help promote those chapters um, and get more Everton fans out. So, you know, we can create that environment and, and just have a good time and, and get meet up with everybody. And, you know, that's, that's what it's all about. So we had a cool little showing up in Charlotte. And after that first goal, we all just were like, you know, here we go again. Cause I don't think Everton came back from any, uh, from being down in any games last season. So, you know, seeing what they did and the come back and win in the fashion they did with the goals that they did. Uh, it was impressive, man. And, and to see Richarlison out there just gutting it out, like that's all that dude does. He just played tons of games um, in the Olympics and, and just uh, everything that he's done during the summer and just a hell of a player, man. I hope we can keep him around and, and get into a European league and give him what he deserves. Cause that guy is, a, he's a special player and, uh, the core, it was just great, man. I, I really enjoyed that second half. I don't know what was said in that locker room. I'd really like to know, but it was encouraging, man, and it gave us all something to get pumped about. And yeah, a little more excitement moving into the rest of the season. So we'll see where it goes from here. So I 100% get why Everton fans are mad. You know, Rafa Benitez was a great manager for your arch rivals. Yes. But the first part of that sentence for Everton is most important. He's a great manager. Mm-hmm. You know, the dude has won multiple Champions Leagues. You know, he's won, he won, I believe, the Europa League with Chelsea because he stepped in for us one year uh, and finished out uh, a season. I believe that was the year we won Europa League. Okay. Uh, if I remember correctly. So, I mean, he's a guy who has experience winning at a high level. He's a good manager. Uh, I don't, you know, think you can kind of throw out what he did at Newcastle because Newcastle's just not, they're just not that good a team. You know, and they never, you know, they haven't been since the early 2000s. Um, But I think that he's a guy very much like Ancelotti that can take the talent that is at Everton and get the most out of it. And I think that's where he really excels, uh, is getting, you know, the most out of talented players. I don't know if Rafa's a guy that can take a mid-table club like an Everton and really squeeze, you know, the greatness out of them. Mm-hmm. You know, and there are some managers that do that, and you know those guys have long careers too. But I think he's a guy that can take a talented team and can get the most out of guys. And so I think I don't. I'm not saying he's going to be like a, a legendary manager at Everton because I don't think he'll stay that long. Um, but he has two or three good seasons, and I think that uh, he'll be beloved by all of Liverpool instead of just half of it. Yeah, no doubt. I really hope he gets the Derby win, man. That would just be. That'd be special. Uh, it, you know, it'd be mixed emotions by everybody, but it would be really cool to oh, see. Yeah. And, I mean, I remember when he managed us and we went away to Liverpool. I mean, the Liverpool fans love him. He got a standing ovation. You know, they – now, will he get that on Derby Day? I have no idea. But, <laughs> you know, when we brought him to town in blue, they did cheer him. So. Yeah, and I saw, I saw that we were uh, – that Everton was, was going to take uh, Hoppy away from uh, Schalke. That's what I was going to say. Uh, they're in the race for Hoppy. Uh, I think Newcastle is in that race, too, and so is Brentford. So, 
I mean, of all the options, he probably gets the least amount of playing time at Everton, wouldn't you think? Oh, for sure. I mean, unless there's like some type of loan-out deal that they do, I don't see him getting in, into that starting lineup much at all. I mean, even coming off the bench with – right now you got DCL and Richarlson, and then you've got Moise Keane still there. You know, we brought back from PSG, and where he played great. He's never been great with Everton, but the potential's there. Um, so yeah, it's tough yeah, to say. Yeah, is a guy really... who's played well everywhere but in England. Like yeah. he, he tore it up in Italy. He didn't do anything in England. He tore it up in France, and now he's back. Yeah, so I mean, I, I hope he, you know, if he does get in, he he performs well. But I, yeah, minutes matter, right? So yeah, of, of course I'd like to see a Yank in the squad again, but um, ultimately I want him to get minutes and, and develop as a player and and. You know, perform well for our national team because I think first and foremost the national team's like my first passion. So yeah, I want to see him do well. I think it would do a disservice to Hoppy for him to go to a an Everton and not play, or to a Brentford and just get the break speed off of him every week again. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's a guy that for this season he's twenty. Remember, he's twenty. He's a guy that you know should be on a championship, like a an upper mid upper championship side. Let him go to that league and score 15, 16, 17 goals or more, you know, and let him learn how to finish in a game situation, you know, with regularity. I mean, he had some good goals for Schalke, but he didn't score often. You know, it's my same issue with Sargent. Like, get him in a situation where he's going to fill the net up for a season and let him get that confidence up because it's not a talent thing with him. It's a, it's a, you know, he's just young. And the championship's going to present him and for me, Sergeant too, with an opportunity to go against good defenses and well-set-up, well-organized teams. But, you know, they're still at a level where he should be able to score, you know, 15 goals a season. Well, so moving over to Chelsea, um, we actually had that game on right next to uh, the main TV that we were watching, the Everton match on. So I got to see Pulisic ball out and everything else that happened in that game. So how are you feeling about your boys? I mean, I'm feeling great. Uh, this is a team that can pretty much go too deep. You know, we could play our true backups at every position, and I think, you know, if we need to win a game with our backups, we can win a game with our backups. You know, it's, uh, for me, the the most fun game so far, it actually wasn't the first Premier League game. Uh, it was the UEFA Super Cup. Did you watch that at all? Um, so I didn't watch it live, but um, it's funny. I've, I've watched probably the whole match on replay, not even meaning to because places I've been like for lunch when I've sat down, it's been on the TV. Just had it on. Yeah. So I've, I've almost seen all of it. The PKs, everything. So yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean the, to me, the absolute ballsiest decision you can make as a manager to pull your stud goalkeeper with one minute to go an extra time to put in a guy who has not touched a ball since halftime and be like, all right, big boy, stop some PKs. And he did it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're really at the point where, like, Tommy T is either a genius or the luckiest dude in the world. <laughs> you know, he's a little bit of both. Pep, what is it? Yeah, he's beaten Pep three times now, won the Champions League, made this just wild decision. And what struck me, you know, most about that decision, Mendy, that was the game plan. Like, when that board went up and he saw Kepa come out there, Mendy didn't get upset. He didn't look surprised. He was like, all right, this is the game plan. Kepa stops penalties. You know, 
and he went over there, pumped him up, and you know they got in the game. So to me, that's a that tells me a lot about that locker room and how everybody trusts the system. And I think at the highest level, you know, buying into the system means as much as talent because everybody's got talent. Champions League level, everybody's got talent. Everybody can beat everybody. But when you believe in the system you're playing, I think that is where you take that next step. So that's that's exciting for me. Yeah, that's special. You have to have that camaraderie. I mean, yeah, and we just got a former Everton legend Romelu Lukaku back, so I'm excited for that. Yeah, quality, yeah, man. We, we, I mean, he started. Didn't he come over and didn't he start with Chelsea when he first came to England? Yes, yeah, yeah. So when he came over from Belgium, yeah, he spent three years with us. Uh, we loaned him out twice, played him one year, and then sent him off to, I think it was West Brom was where we sent him off. Or no, we loaned him to West Brom, my bad. Yeah, and then we sold him off uh, from there. So, yeah, he's back. He's, uh, man, he, I can tell you, and I don't know if you've seen pictures of him, he's slimmer than when he played at Everton. Mm-hmm. He's slimmer than when he played at Manchester United. Like, he's down, like, 15 pounds. He looks lean. He looks terrifying. I like watching you him know, ball out. I, I wish him the best. Me too. Me too, because I, I miss the days of the big boy strikers. You know, when you had your Drogba's, Zlatan, you know, you're, and these, some of these guys are still around, but I mean, you know, and you had your Van Nistelrooy's and these big dudes that could just dominate the box. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to me, that is, that's the soccer I grew up on. Those are the guys I remember seeing, so that's what I like. Yeah, it's been a minute. I mean, well, I mean, Ibra's still around, but not in the same fashion. Uh, yeah. It does seem like they always You've make their like, way to Man U. Yeah, even Berbatov was there for a while. You know, just kind of. Yeah, yeah. Berbatov was there. I mean, you had Jekko at Man City, who was that kind of guy, you know, a big body that could get in there and get a goal. But, uh, you know, to me, Chelsea always does better when they have that kind of guy. You know, we win championships when we've got Drogba, we've got Diego Costa, you know, we've got the, like a big bodied striker that can get to headers and poach goals. And I think that's where Lukaku will really do well. Certainly. Because, I mean, he's going to have talent flying all around him. You know, you'll have Werner or Havertz or Mount or Pulisic or Hudson Odoi. Like, he's going to have guys to make runs off of him. So he just has to, you know, hold up, find the right pass, and either get service or grab rebounds. Yeah, there's the expectations are definitely high for Chelsea. There's no doubt about that. After everything accomplished over the last 12 months, and then, yeah, just uh, it, you guys look good, man. You look really good. I'm excited. I mean, it, this is as excited as I've been going into a season for a while because I wasn't – I mean, I was excited last year for a different reason. You know, we have – you know, it, the youth were arriving. I've been following the Chelsea youth forever. You know, now they were starting to come of age, you know, where, all right, these guys aren't 18 anymore. They're 22, 23. Like, let's go. And so it was more of a, a hope that, like, all right, man, we've got guys on this team that I'm going to be watching for 10, 12, 15 years. This is cool. You know, and now it's, oh, we're blending those guys with elite-level talent. So, yeah, I mean, this, it should be a fun year. And if not, Tuchel will be gone by December. <laughs> <laughs> we have no fear when it comes to firing managers. That is the truth. That is the truth. Dude, the last guy that won us the Champions League did not make it to uh, to January the next year. So That's crazy, though. It is wild how that works out and still keep grinding out. Keep grinding out trophies, man. I mean, you don't, you know, if you if you cut out the cancer before it spreads, it can't grow. <laughs> you know, 
Mm-hmm. You, you don't let things get so bad that, you know, you fall into a funk you can't crawl out of, I guess, is their logic. But I'll take it. It's worked. I have no reason not to trust the ownership of that team. Yeah, so far so good. So, Richmond, 7 o'clock, Sunday. Um, come to the game, by all means, sit in the 110, drink a beer, get loud, be rowdy. Um, if not, it'll be on ESPN+. Plus. Uh, we're going to beat Richmond. I'm going to predict, uh, I mean, Akira's a good goalie for Richmond, but I think it's, I'll give him a 3-1. What, what do you have? Sounds good enough for me. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to put too much out there. I just want want to stay positive. Want to want to get everybody out there, like you said. Um, yeah, man. Bring all your positive vibes. Leave all the leave all the crap at the door, and uh, let's support these boys and let's get the win. Let's do it. All right, guys. We will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening. As always, see you.